0: Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of WTF Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Spialis with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, my brother?
1: I'm good, man. How you
0: doing? Ah, man. I'm great, man. No complaints over here, man. And also, I'm pleased to announce we have a special guest, Brandon Dalkin. My man. What's going on, man? How you doing?
2: Doing good,
0: man. How you doing? i know this cat for years, man. He's one of my closest homies, man.
2: Yeah, you got, yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: really, in the, getting back into shape, man. You started that that uh, that domino. I want to say special kudos to you for that, man, for sure. Oh yeah,
2: man. Oh yeah, that's what I'm here for.
0: Yeah. So tell the people, man. Uh, you know, what do you do? Uh, you don't have any kids, so we can talk about your your father. If we want to, if you want to start there. So uh, yeah. So
2: I, I, I've I've been fortunate enough not to uh, have kids yet. You know, uh, I do want kids. You know, but God knows what He's doing. Uh, my father, uh, recently passed last year, August 3rd, 2020. And so, you oh, know, God rest his soul, but, um, uh, you know, my father was a, was a strong male figure in my life. Uh, went through a phase where I didn't have him, you know, starting out and, you know, as life went on, you know, he got better and, um, he had some, some unresolved issues that he had to fix. And once he fixed them, You know, he came into my life and, you know, my life took over, you know, uh, well, took off. And so, uh, you know, I I went through that phase, you know, with Life Without a Father, where, you know, I was wondering, I didn't really have the confidence like I needed. uh, And those those leadership qualities just weren't there yet. And um, when he came into my life, he showed me how to handle my emotions from a male standpoint. He showed me how to walk, how to talk, how to dress, how to smell, you know, how to handle my emotions when it comes to the opposite sex. And um, just know what it's like to be black in America, you know, and he just put me up on so many, so much game. And not just my father, I've had a village of males in
1: my life that, that set the tone for my, for me growing up. Uh, How old were you when he came back? When your dad came back into your life? Uh,
2: well, well, my dad, he was always on the phone with me growing up. But I was, I want to say, in high school when he started to, you know, come into my
1: life face-to-face, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what, like, initiated that, that change?
2: Uh, I, I, me, honestly, knowing that I was getting in trouble in school, I was fighting a lot. Uh, my mom couldn't do it by herself and um she she just needed help and he realized uh the pain i was going through without having him in my life consistently mm. so it forced him to grow up a, a lot okay if that if, if that makes sense
1: yeah did um did you all like ever talk about that like how his absence in your life early on how it affected you
2: yeah, um, he we talked about it, and he apologized, and, you know, he had a lot of stuff growing up, you know, that he dealt with, you know, and, 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 and was dealing with until the day he passed, you know, and um, I, I do want to say that I feel a lot of people are, are hard on their parents, and they don't understand that a lot of our parents are dealing with us the best way they know how with the class they were dealt. You know, there was things that my dad went through and uh, he was traumatized. And so even though my dad passed at 65, sometimes I was dealing with the nine-year-old John Baughn, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, it took me a while to figure out. I mean, he was he was he he was still messed up from some things. And I love that he talked to me about it because now I knew how to fall back and, you know, control myself and knowing that, okay this is something that he needs to talk to somebody about. Yeah. you know, but at least he loved me enough to, to be real with me.
1: Oh, that's cool, man. hmm Yeah, so I know that you said, like, early on, you were getting in trouble, um, well, you was fighting a lot. Mm-hmm. and you talk about, like, your early childhood and, um, up to that point, how you were up to that point until your father came back? Well, early childhood, you
2: know, Bellwood, um, uh, I lived with my grandma, and so, uh, Shout out to Frankie May Louse, uh, Jay, James K. Laos, whatever. So, uh, you know, play baseball and, you know, life's good. But then I decided to leave with my mom, you know, it's my mom. And yeah. she worked two jobs and uh, she liked nice things. And as a result of her working two jobs, she would come home irritable. And when she came home irritable, she would you know, yell at me a lot. And I had no outlet. I had nobody to talk to. I never really got a chance to process with her because she was always tired. As so as a result, I would fight a lot in school. If someone said something to me that I didn't like, I would just, you know, dive in on them. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a way, that was a quick way to get me thrown into the system because I was fighting so much. I was uh, missing out on school assignments and fell in tests. And so yeah, I was easy prey for them to label me, either learning disability or behavioral disorder. Mm-hmm. And um, me being yelled at a lot, my confidence, my self-esteem wasn't really high, you know. Um, and then with me being thrown into the system, my confidence and self-esteem, you know, went even lower. Mm-hmm. And my mom did choose learning disability. And I went from doing a regular math equation to uh, building Two picks, you know, two pick bridges and singing, one, two, three. The <laughs> devil's after me. Like so, you go from <laughs> you go from you know being cool with the cool kids to what is this, you know? <laughs> and so yeah, I was I was embarrassed, man. And and my dad saw that and realized like, oh, I need to be there, you know. And and then that's when he started to come and and take full force.
0: Okay. Yeah, um, I know that you have a, a sports background, too. Um, how instrumental was your dad with that, like, growing with, up? Uh, what background? With, uh, with sports, like being sports. active in sports. Uh, sports has always been in
2: my blood, man. My my grandpa was a Golden Girls block, uh, boxer. Excuse me. And then uh, my uncle was on the national championship for, uh, what was it, uh, Georgia Tech back in the day. And so... Uh, my cousin played for Bowling Brook and and so that 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 was always in my blood. And then, too, it was a way for me to uh, – how do I want to say it? It was a way for me to basically endure all the stuff that I went through at home and then take it out on somebody and then not go to jail for it. So I could hit somebody and not get suspended and go to jail for it, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: And potentially get paid for it. So, A, uh, hey, I'll take it. But my dad, he just basically pulled me to the side along with a coach that I had at the time. He, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry about that. Um, Both of them told me, he said, hey, you know, you can potentially get paid to do this, or you can continue to fight and go to jail, which would you rather do? So I chose to get paid, you know, and as a result, I got a full ride scholarship to Kansas State University.
1: Can you talk about like some of the relationships you have with uh, your coaches and how they played a part in your development?
2: Yeah. uh, My coach um, and Tony Lombardi, Tony Lombardi is probably the most uh, confident guy I've ever met. This dude came in the building, you know, his head held high, chest out, you know, back flat. And he told us what he was going to do and he did it. Mm. And, um, he had the confidence and the swagger before people were actually using that word to back up what he was going to do. You know, he taught us how to be intense. He taught us how to do things with with purpose behind it. Um, Terrell Alexander was a, was a very meek man, still is. Um, he was a guy you look in his eyes, you knew he could do something to you. He knew it, but he chose not to. Do it. He was always under control. Yeah. And I always respect that. Respect that about him. Uh, my Godfather, Glenn Fulton. Uh, He was like, to me, he was a cool dude, man. This guy, uh, at the time, probably had a a very balanced family. I remember being at his house. I remember going to his house for a barbecue and just seeing how they, just seeing how his family, you know, reacted around each other. I'd never really been around that. I remember standing at his house for three days straight, you know, just just from coming over there in that one day. Uh, So just... Watching those guys, my pastors, uh, Pastor John Eckhart, um, who else, Daryl O'Neal, these guys really took the time to pour into me and and show me how a man is supposed to be.
1: Hmm. What is the like the greatest lesson do you think uh, either one of them have taught you?
2: Um, emotional intelligence. You know, we don't we don't really have that these days. You know, knowing how to think before you talk. Know how to think before you respond, um, especially with me being a, a bigger black male, you know, um, not saying I have to water down for anybody, but just knowing that you have to be other people's minded. You know, um, always think about other people, put yourself in their shoes, see yeah. things from their perspective. you know, be fair, you know, be, be, be open, um, be humble you know these are the secrets to success.
0: What was the biggest lesson your dad told you about uh about women and how to interact? I know you mentioned that earlier, <laughs> But uh can you um, elaborate, elaborate more on that? My, my dad my dad was a biblical
2: guy. And so uh he would always refer to, you know, life with the word behind it. And so um uh, he would talk about Adam and Eve and he would break down how God made Adam first, and God um, put foundation into Adam and gave him a job to do. And when God looked down and saw Adam was doing the thing, he realized, oh, you can't be by yourself. And so he put Adam to sleep, and he took DMA, DNA from Adam and created another man with a womb. So that's what one man comes from. And the same thing that God did for Adam, he instructed to do to Eve. Uh, fill her with information build her you know build a foundation within her and you're never meant to rule over a woman but you're meant to rule with a woman but it's your job to pour into her it's your job to speak life it's your job to nurture it's your it's your job to understand her love language whatever that is it might be touch gifts words of affirmation and you rule together but you understand you cannot control them so that's that's what he taught me
1: So has that uh, has that advice helped you in your relationships? Uh, you gotta find somebody who's actually worthy of loving.
2: Mm. Uh, You actually have to find somebody who knows how to be loved too. He always taught me to find somebody who knows how to be family well. And so uh, I'm more so. I've learned to be focused more so on my purpose. And once I've done that, I've attracted. The right type of people so I'm patiently waiting for that woman to come and when she comes I believe you know we'll take over the world so there was things I had to learn though you know um I've had to hit my head a couple times with dealing with with women yes. uh, especially women with, with with father issues that's why fatherhood is so important you know um if a woman doesn't have a father or, or a strong male figure, she's not going to understand the type of dudes we are in terms of checking in on her and, and being protective. She might think that's overwhelming and trolling. No, you just love her the way you're supposed to, you know. It's the same thing for a woman when it comes to a man, you know. If he's not used to a, a woman loving him properly, he's, he's going to think she's always nagging, you know, and it's like, nah, she, she just believes in you and you need to have a dream, You know, so you can talk to her about it and she can give birth to it. You know, whatever you plan in her, she multiplies. So, um, but we have to know what we're worthy of. We're worthy of respect. We're worthy of love. We're worthy of peace. And, you know, until we know that as a people, I don't know what's going to happen. But things are going to continue to happen the way it's going to happen, the way it's been happening
1: yeah, what what you saying that that made me um i guess think of a question for you mm-hmm. like you know how we say um women with father issues and how they act in relationships yeah is it possible for men to have father issues and if yeah. so what does that look like uh,
2: I think it's it's hard to trust on both on both sides because mm-hmm. the guy that gave birth to me wasn't there for me so how am i supposed to believe in you when my own father wasn't there for me you know mm-hmm. like what does that look like
1: yeah
2: so yeah it, it works both ways we all got parent issues bro you know no one's safe you know we all got issues from parenting it's okay but are you getting the help to get healed from that that's the question when you're if you're 30 and you're still talking about your dad and your mom, you know, that, that's your fault that, at at this stage. You know, you need to get the proper help. Counseling. Instead of smoking or drinking, go work out, you know, go get some therapy. Go get into a, a group that's going to hold you accountable. You know, there's, there's ways.
0: Yeah, when you start pointing the finger and you start pointing the thumb. Yeah, you know? take accountability, man. You know, yeah. take right, look, man, the stuff that
2: I've been through, you know, a lot of it was self-inflicted because I didn't know my worth, you know. I didn't know that, you know, I mean, I don't have to put up with this. And it took me to take time for myself, take time to myself and understand me to realize like, nah, I was the one that was tripping because the, the, the me now would have saw that and be like, nah, bro, I'm not dealing with that, you know. But you had to go through it. But the difference is, is some people, they choose to learn. Some people, they choose to become bitter. I chose to learn, man. I ain't got time to be bitter.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, go ahead, Russ. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, bro.
1: No, I was just going to say it it take a mature person to, I guess, to come to that understanding. Uh, Was there, like, a certain incident in your life where you was like, damn, I need to, you know, uh, well, I guess what sparked that or triggered
2: that? You know, it's it's just people, man. I I love talking to people, and. Everybody wants to place blame, like you said, and nobody wants to take accountability for their low self-esteem. You know, uh, no one wants to take – so a lot of people don't even know they have it. You know, if you know that Pookie and Ray Ray, you know, ain't ain't giving you the attention that you need – Hey, that was uh, a bomb. Huh? That was a bomb you just dropped. Nobody, <laughs> to- nobody wants to take accountability for their low self-esteem. A lot of people don't know they have it. You know, if if all he's doing is hitting you up because he's just trying to pipe, you need to know your worth and know, you know, I I need somebody who's actually trying to love me. If this yeah. female is only hitting you up on her own terms, you know, then I, I need to realize, like, oh, I need somebody who's, who wants to do what I want to do sometimes. And they're interested. Even if she don't care, she's doing it because she loves me, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a while to get to know that, you know. It, it took me a while to understand that. And now that I understand that, uh, a lot of people in my life, that have fallen off because... I realize I don't need too many people.
0: I got myself, first of all, but I rock with the people who rock with me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you kind of weed out those relationships that don't matter as much.
2: Yeah. Stop time. Stop calling some of the people that you call once a week and see what happens. They ain't going to call you, and it's okay. It's going to hurt. You're going to be like, dang, that's how they really feel? Yeah, it is. But you got other people who do pop up and pull up for you.
0: Yeah, you know, those are the ones you point to. Yeah, that's why I can say, man, I value our friendship. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you yeah, know, bro. You know what I'm saying? You moved, you moved to Texas, man. We've always been been in contact with each other, man, <laughs> throughout the whole duration. Mm-hmm. You know what
1: I'm
0: saying? Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah, yeah, man. I, hey, man, I believe I'm checking in on your people, man. Uh, I watch, what's it? I am athlete. I don't know if you're in tune with that, but uh, they have a, a check-in. You know, where you at emotionally from a 5 to a 10? Where you at? You know, let's talk about it. I'm that guy. You know, I I'm not that guy who's gonna hide behind what I do for a living and my degrees. Nah, bro, I'm a real person. You know, and I can tell you that that stuff don't validate me. I validate me, and I can let you know I'm not okay, or I'm cool, or I'm I'm comfortable. You know, so it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so so. Um...
0: Go back to your relationship with your dad as you mm-hmm. as you yourself became a man. Like, uh, what, was those, what were those conversations like Like as you were going to college, you know, as, as you were, uh, you know, coming into your own? Uh, My dad, it was like uh, in life, uh,
2: I don't know if you remember how you were when you were riding a bike and your dad was just guiding you. You had the training wheels on, and then he did. took the training wheels off and then he would still guiding you. And then once he knew you had it, he just let you go. That that's how it was with me and my father. You know, once he knew, and it's it's crazy. A lot of men have never heard from their fathers. You know, you're gonna be alright, boy. You know, and once my dad told me that, I knew I was gonna be alright. You know, because he's a he was a student of life, and uh, he would pour into me, and um, he would just sit back and let me talk. You know, and, and when he thought I needed to be checked, he checked me. You know, but for the most part, he respected me as an individual. He respected my mind.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool bro um, so can you talk about like your uh your your football career like who was <laughs> do you remember like the toughest uh person you ever went up against that you lined up against? the toughest person I lined up against was whoo, it's so
2: many man but I remember my my introduction to uh Division one football we were playing against louisville and um as a D lineman, I the first thing they always tell you is when you swim move, you never really swim move too high because you reveal your ribs. And a, a, a seasoned offensive lineman, he's going to read that and he's going to put his face mask into your ribs and throw you. And that's exactly what I did. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and not only <laughs> – <And then, laughs> that's exactly what happened. And uh, they, they replayed it on national TV and circled me. And it was yeah. like, that's how you block.
0: Uh, you got the clear? You got the clear? Oh. It was bad. The man. wrong way, though. It
2: was bad, man. The boys called me, like, bro, I see you, bro. I see you got embarrassed, too. You know, it was, it was horrible. I was clean, though, but yeah, I, I, nah, I never again. And so, uh, but I would say uh, Kansas State taught me a life lesson. Um, sometimes you can put 110% in, man, and you still not get what you want. And that's his life, you know. Um, it, it it's just set up that way, man. Politics is real, and and dealing with people and their issues is real. And sometimes you have to pay the price because of other people's unresolved issues and leadership roles. And some people don't need the coach. Some people, some things require a psyche evaluation before you get these positions. If that makes sense, just like they have a psyche valve for a, a cop. There needs to be a psyche valve for a teacher. There needs to be a psyche valve for youth and development specialists in the jail system. There needs to be a psyche valve for these cultures because some of these, some of the people in these leadership roles aren't leaders, even as pastors, I believe he's, they're sending us off badly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. I think a lot of they, they're impacting a lot of people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's causing us to, to, to go astray even more, man.
0: You think about a college football team, how many people was on your team? Like, players, I mean, like, how many Overall, players?
2: Overall, we had, we had 100 players, but dogs on my team at the time, I, I, I can name them. It was probably, like, five of them. Yeah. You know, these dudes are now, in my opinion, supposed to be finishing up their career right now. But it didn't happen that way. You know, and they and they bounced back. They bounced back. But uh, I respect that they never quit. Mm-hmm. I respected that, that, that we were still – you know, it's nothing like, and I hate to say this, but to, to be preparing for a game and know you're going to lose, that's that that was hard, man. But it showed me how mentally strong I was because I still was going to do what I was supposed to do at
0: 110%. So there's nowhere in where, uh, what a coach is not supposed to do. Do you think that's helping you with your coaching, like coaching now? You um, being a coach.
2: The father figures that I've had. Uh, The coaching, you know, along my father, you know, it's 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 a valuable position because you're supposed to see what's in that kid, and you're supposed to bring it out of him, you know, and you do that by, you know, nurturing him. You do that by speaking life into him. You do that by getting him to believe in himself. You know, a lot of the kids that I have now are first-time football players. They they don't know what's going on, and so you have to really be patient and uh, develop. And that, to me, is what fathering is all about—develop. And there are some kids that do certain things. Like, oh, hey man, you'd be a great linebacker. Try this. Let's see if that's not for you. Oh, here you go. Oh, hey man, you'd be a great offensive lineman. Try this. I got you. You know you can do it. You know, let's make sure you're in shape. You know, I'm gonna be on your heart. You know, but I'm gonna dust you off, show some love, and then put you back in.
1: So. Early, you talked about um like the things you want in life. You work a hundred and ten percent, but you don't get it, right?
2: Uh there's some things, you know, uh that you put a hundred and ten percent in and it just don't happen, man. You might lose it. Life happens sometimes, man. You lose a job. Relationships, man, you get cheated on. Stuff happens, bro. You know, you, it's things that out of there are things that are out of your control. It's just life.
1: Do you think um, – so let's say, like, the football scenario. Do you think if you would have got the thing that you wanted, how do you think you would be different today? I'm talking about, like, I, personally. God God knew what he was doing, man. I would have gained the world, and I lost my
2: soul, bro. You know, mm. I, I would have been on broke 30 for 30. <laughs> I tell everybody <laughs> this. I would have had a couple baby mamas, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and God knows what I would have been doing. You know, and um, because to 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 have that that level of fame, to have that that much money in your bank account, it takes a certain amount of maturity that I didn't mm-hmm. have yet. And mm-hmm. so uh, for when it comes back the second time around, when it comes around again, I don't know how to handle it. I will have people on my team that can talk to me about, you know, you know, finances. Uh, hopefully I have the right woman on my team to where, you know, we ain't cheating. You know, we happy ever after, you know, traveling the world and, and dominating together. You know, we'll see. Though. I, I believe God has a plan, and I'm, I'm faithful, man. I'm open. That's
1: cool. All right. So, um, I know we're getting close to time, and um, we always ask, like, uh, what bit of advice would you give to a young father? But taking it that you don't have kids yet, what? I don't have kids yet. <laughs> what advice would you give to um, a young person coming up, starting his life, going out into the world? What What would you say? A young father? Uh, a young father, young person in general? I would say take time to get to know yourself.
2: You know, I would say invest in yourself, invest in your mental health. Uh, go, Go talk to somebody to make sure that you – are healed from your childhood so you don't pass anything down to the next generation that's not worthy of being passed down you know Mm -hmm. we don't do that we don't go get help the way we need you know we'll go fry some chicken we'll light a blunt up we'll sit on the porch we'll pull up but we won't talk about our issues and so invest in yourself you know um, invest in your health and and get healing before you do have a kid and if you do have a kid You know, you still do those things, but be aware of what happened in your past. So, again, you don't pass it down. You don't don't pass it down to the next generation. No.
0: no, That's good. It's real good. Um, One more thing i I like to do. uh, There's a question I asked you when uh, we booked a call. I asked, uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? And, uh, Brandon, you said foundation comes from us first.
2: Foundation comes
0: from us first. That's basically what you were saying. Like, uh, like we, we we basically show our kids how they should be by our actions.
2: Yes. Our kids, our communities, everything. Yeah. No, we our positions as men in America and in the world is very important.
0: Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, did you have anything else, uh, Doctor Young, before we close?
1: No, I don't. Uh, I just want to say thank you, show the lord, for uh, <laughs> <laughs> my guy. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for coming on with us, man. Appreciate you.
2: I appreciate you guys, man. Hey, may y'all continue to grow, and I pray millions over your life, man.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. We definitely got to do thank a you. part two, man. We start having some kids, too, man. <laughs> hey, and I got to come back to some time. New new we got to
2: hit up, uh, you know, part.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The land of ladies, that's <laughs> <like Charles>. all. That <laughs> land of ladies. Yeah. <laughs> the hank Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm out right. The hint. Yeah. All right, my all y'all, man. Yeah, for myself, Sir Worski for Dr. Raheem Young, and for Brandon Balvin. Thanks for listening to WTF interviews and stay tuned for further announcements. Yes, yes. Thank you for listening to WTF Interviews. If you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us via our website, wtfatherhood.org. Also, our Facebook page and our Facebook group will be listed in the description below as well. Uh, I ask you to leave a a review as it helps more people receive the message. And uh, again, until next time, be well. You already are.